This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Rolling Thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the estimable, rejectable, ingestible, retractable Justin Waddell. Justin, how's it going? Oh, man. You know. You know how it's going. It's going good, man. It's uh, National Pizza Day today, Nick. Is it really? How'd you celebrate? Yeah. I took a big one. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have any pizza? I didn't. Man, all the national chains out there celebrating, slinging free pizza. Who's your favorite uh, pizza-related Halo character? You're talking about Pizza? That's right. Yeah. M- mentioned on CNN. It was. <laughs> it was mentioned on CNN. Headline news, actually. That's right. That's right. Back when you were a, a TV personality a little bit. Yep. And you were their, their, their movie guy, right? I was. Or, or were you in their pop culture corner? <laughs> I was in a... I was definitely put in the corner. And so what was it like? Just give us a little taste of that TV exposure. Did it, was it nerve-wracking? Did you like it? It was nerve-wracking because it was pub- it was live TV. Right. And I'm a sick motherfucker. So that's that's an issue. Uh, but, you, but you did communicate to me a, a secret message. Well, I, headline news. Yeah. I, I went on the message boards and I, or in the chud chat or the message mm-hmm. boards in between segments and i'd be sitting in the back of the studio you'd see me back in my head and i'd be on the boards like asking people hey, what kind of words should i sneak into the broadcast mm-hmm. so i would sneak in like you know um you know QAnon and <laughs> <laughs> how long this was a long time ago like how long ago like 2002 2003 something like that it was that long ago oh yeah oh my god we were we were we were mere babes yeah back then. Well, yeah different kind of babes but yeah but I did sneak in a pizza, and I snuck in way worse stuff. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I think bitch slap. I think bi- somebody asked me to say bitch slap, and I ended up performing a bitch slap on camera, which was kind of great. But you didn't say it. Somebody made that an, much of a run. There was an animated gift of that for a while running on Chud. I remember that. You got gift? I did by one of the readers. Yeah, nice. I never never had the pleasure myself. No one ever captured a a gift of me. <clears throat> I've been dreaming though. It's not too late. I um I saw I saw some pretty defiant people here in Florida. It's pretty special. They say, yeah, you're traveling. You're in Florida. Um, what's going on? What do you mean defiant? Were they this like hating it, man? Hating it. Yeah. What do you mean they're wearing jeans in Florida or something like that? <laughs> what were they doing wrong? Um, real upset. They were real upset that there was rules at the Super Bowl that they weren't allowed to super spread all over each other. No, it's just great. Everything's cool, man. 
Just getting through, rocking out. I guess I didn't really ask you how you're doing. I'm so sorry. You kind of answered my question that was never asked. How, you're doing well? I'm all right. Yeah, took a little mini vacation. That was nice. Got Went back, to the lake. get to the lake, and now I'm here and uh, killing myself. Yeah. So what about you? Anything going on? Anything swell? Just trying to, uh, you know, stay positive. It's, it's hard, hard not to. It's hard it's not hard. to. It's hard not to stay positive. Yeah. Hard not to. <laughs> trying to stay positive. Wake up every day and jump out of bed and scream into scream at my family. Is COVID still out there? I crave being quarantined right now. What I do wanna, you mean? I want to be quarantined with my cat so bad right now. Oh, because you're homesick a little bit? No, I just want to be with my cat warm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then your kids and wife as well, right? I want to be with my cat. I want to be with my cat. Fair enough. Fair enough. I want to be with him. Just waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's good to hear. Um, You know, you'll be back soon. Yeah. You excited about this one? You you know I am. I am actually excited about it. It's so funny. We did an episode previous to this, Lockup, directed by John Flynn. Did we mention that he directed this? I'm sure we did. We probably did talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so funny because I I watched, uh, you know, I was was editing the episode and listening to a a mix of it in the car. And then I flipped over and the Empire podcast had Tarantino on it. And he was talking about this movie. Rolling Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was after we had decided to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was just like kismet that we, we needed to do it. Because, I mean, it's a shame we didn't come first because then he wouldn't have had to spend any time talking about it. I just, uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it, it just feels like we're running to catch up with him when in reality, vice versa. It's yeah. the other way around. By the way, a notification just flew onto my screen while we we're mm-hmm. talking. It says Shia LaBeouf no longer uh, with CAA. Oh, they, yeah. They dropped him. Another ag- agency snapped him up, you mean? No, no. They, oh, you mean they dropped him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sexual battery does that, apparently. And Army Hammer also, unfortunately, um, dropped by his uh, agency as well. That's too bad. All those great Army Hammer movies we'll never get to see. That What a great thespian, you know? See, I, I like, missed him. <laughs> <laughs> see, I like him, and I think he's a, a joy to watch. Yeah, of course you like him. He's Because he's an he's a actor <laughs> with the ability to be on screen. <laughs> your one, your one requirement. Uh, well, he's white, right? Like that's your thing. It's like he's a bland, bland actor. He's bland as hell. Uh, barely gives a performance when he's on screen, and uh, you know, there's so many out, so many more out there doing it. But he is a handsome man. I will, I will say that he's a good looking dude. So that that is something. I think he's really good at doing a lot of talking without moving his mouth a lot. Like his mouth muscle, he doesn't have to use a lot of his mouth muscles to talk. Yeah. Kind of good, and he's. Also, apparently, he's a vile piece of shit. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, well, for the smoke. That old one, that old chestnut about cannibalism and stuff. He got cannibalistic fantasies. He can't kink shame him, but he's actually hurting these women and it's with his fantasies, which is which is um, horrible behavior. Fuck him. And uh, his yeah. name is Army Hammer, which yeah. is a waste of a great name. <laughs> Give it to somebody who deserves it. Yeah. You know? Like some guy with a baking soda fortune or something. Not a famous oil person, right? Isn't he an oil heir or something? Who? Uh, Army Hammer? Yeah, he's the heir to some oil empire. So he was he was born wealthy and then he decided to be a handsome actor for his living? Yeah. Good actor. I like him. <sighs> I hope I hope, I hope. hope this is all just a, a big smear campaign by Big Cannibal. <laughs> doesn't really that's the thing about him it doesn't really choose scenery as an actor but he does but his mouth doesn't move a lot (laughs) 
I don't, I never noticed this about him. He will. He, he's, he's, he talks through clenched teeth a lot. I love it. He's so yeah. good at it. So he's got the cannibal fantasies, you know? Um, I, ho I hope he pulls through. I hope he's okay. <laughs> it's good that you're thinking of him. <laughs> and not, not one of the women he apparently stabbed in his, uh, his role-playing uh, in the crotch. These are legends. These are legends. Yeah, I know yeah. they're they're alleged. Yeah, but you also have to believe people when they tell you stuff like that, typically, because a lot of times it's true. Yeah, sometimes it is, man. Sometimes, but not this one. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's clean, innocent um, of, all, of all charges. <laughs> his lawyer. <laughs> I think his lawyer. Um, his lawyer probably quit. Yeah. I always love whenever. Uh, like an actor is like it has to be like um what all 19 of those women that have never met each other before said about me is untrue they're yeah. untrue yeah yeah i mean maybe one you yeah. go, i like uh, it maybe they haven't met maybe there's, this is a lie there's a, a secret cabal of women that are say let's go get the least let's go <laughs> let's go after the least even if it's one though you got to believe that shit army hammer is a fucking piece of shit fuck him uh, I hope he gets soak. I hope he's all right, though. Well, I don't want him to get COVID. For God's <laughs> sakes, hope he's hope he's masking up and during I, his. Uh... Honestly, what I hope it is, I hope it's that actor that they replaced his face in Social Network that's actually doing all this bad shit. <laughs> Do you think he's celebrating National Pizza Day? <laughs> yeah. He's shaping the pizza in the form of a body and then eating it. <laughs> yep. Yep. And is he calling Domino's? Like, can you you have any like dye that you can put on the pizza and make the make it look more like the cheese more like skin like flesh he's like yeah, i'd like to order a pizza but hold the cheese and the dough and the sauce and send a female delivery person <laughs> put her in the box tell her to deliver herself in the box i want to see how she carries it in there through the box and then mm -hmm. never expect her i'm wants innocent to eat, wants to eat somebody and also um get cast in movies yeah you know the, the two to two dreams of his <laughs> It's funny he walked. He there was a big casting call. These extras are out there, and he, he's like, "Oh, is this Craft Services?" What was his biggest movie? Seriously, uh, Call Me by Your Name, Social Network, I guess. I mean, but you know that where he was most, the lead, I guess, Mister Man from Uncle, maybe huge hit. It wasn't a. I mean, it's a good movie. They're 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 threatening a sequel. Mm -hmm. It may be hurt. It may be hurt. It might not do a sequel because um, it made no money, and Art Mahama likes to fantasize about eating people. So the two things that it has against it. I mean, I think Guy Ritchie's sitting there, like we. It might still go. We might still be able to pull it off. Yeah. It's like yeah. let's call call the studio. What's the insurance policy on a guy who eats people? Yeah. All right. No. Well, yeah. I, we all have weird fetishes, though. I mean, let's face it. We do? Yeah, I mean, we so. What's your weirdest? Oh, my God, man. I, I, I My weird fetish is watching war movies in reverse. I mean, I like to somersault nude watch, while watching Blank Man. Is that kind <laughs> yeah, of a fetish? Much, yeah. Yeah. Movie microscope? Oh, it's a show. It's a, it's a show where yeah. we zoom in. We watch a film through chrysalid eyes and we puncture through the atmosphere, stunning ourselves as we caterwaul into the night, seeing films from a perspective not un unlike those of a, of a deep insect. And we pull the remains through ourselves and decide what makes or breaks and we share them with the listeners. You. So if we're talking about Shag, I'm talking about the scene where Phoebe Cates is rummaging through her linen closet and finds a monolith and summons a prism king. We talk about the little moments. I didn't see that movie. Does she summon him on purpose, or is it a mistake? 
Is it a mistake? Never a mistake when you summon a prism king. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a funny, fun, uh, strangely titled movie for that plot, you know? 1989 or 90, because it was at the theater when I worked there. I can't remember. I remember the poster. I don't remember seeing it, but I, I, I have completely forgot about that movie until you mentioned it. That's why I'm here. It's not a musical. I think though, my right? girl's in it. I think Gish is in it. Is she? Yeah. Shag, huh? Yeah, it's about dancing. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe Cates. Dumb dance. Retired too early from acting. She's a broodmare for Kevin Klein. Oh, God. What the fuck? <laughs> no! <laughs> they did produce a, a, a child who I, I I listened to her music quite a bit. And uh, she's still out there. She produced... Frankie Cosmos. This is the name of this woman's band. Yeah. A, good, a good band. She's great. She sings a lot about her dog who died. And I quite like those songs, actually. Cool. It is cool. Thank you. <laughs> Dead dog. But uh, Phoebe, she, Phoebe is, Case, is Kevin Klein. Yeah. They're still doing it. They're still. They still managed. They survived Hollywood to stay together. Yeah, they're the. They're like Jamie Lee Curtis and Chris Guest, just nailing it, running up and down the streets, married as hell. It's like Sarah Jessica and Matt Broderick. They just don't, uh, and you know, they just they stay hitched. I think William Devane and his wife are still together. That's another one of those famous couples. They're still out there killing it. I bet. Do you think she knows where the gold is? (laughs) I don't know. Does he share that info with her? Or? I, because he does the gold commercial. <laughs> well, he does. He does get some coins in this that he says he's going to go bury and hide. How's that work? Out? How does that work out? Well, unfortunately, not too well for anybody that knows him. Yeah. So tell uh, tell us tell us the listeners uh, your relationship with Rolling Thunder. I don't have one. I never saw it before. I, I know that it was a big uh, movie championed by Quentin Tarantino who. That we brought up already, and I think he didn't even name his production or some kind of company after it, or maybe, yeah, yeah maybe so. And uh, <clears throat> um, but I, I just know about its kind of its status among film nerds, I guess. But I had never seen it. I had no idea what it was about. In fact, I thought Tommy Lee Jones was the lead, so I was completely wrong. You were. How about you? What's your relationship? My, I saw it so I saw it as a young, young, and I remember it was all about that disposal scene. That my parent, I think my dad was like really taken by how notorious it was, or something like that. Right. And um, I remember, I remember seeing it a couple of times. I remember during the eighties um, that it was either it was either on cable all the time, or I had a battered like select division of it that I would watch from time to time. It's funny because even though I've I've seen them, I've probably seen the movie ten times at least. I remember so little about it, and so when I watched it recently, it took me an hour before. I remembered the majority of the movie. And even now it's one that, you know, we do a show where we zoom in on little moments. Most of those escape me. It's a weird movie that it's, it's, it's so tone driven and it's so iconic in a way, but it also doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't stick with me that much. I know you, you had a different reaction to it. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, this is the first time through for me. I, I loved it. I, I was surprised how, how well done it is. Like I, especially after watching lockup, which is not a bad movie by any means by the same director, I feel like this movie is on a whole different level. It's just such a complex movie and, you know, obviously not a complex story, but there's a lot of things going on in it that surprised me. And then I found, you know, obviously I found out when the credits started, came up that Paul Schrader was involved, which I didn't know that either. Like I had, I didn't know he wrote it. Um, I know he was rewritten and he was disappointed with, with the, 
the you know the kind of the rewrites on his script. But I think this movie's great. I I really I'm gonna buy it. Like it's not a movie we talked about this. It's not a movie you want to watch a lot. But I, I feel like it's kind of uh, earned its place as far as you know people holding it in high regard. So we finally find a movie that Paul Schrader has a, a problem with. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, it does. It's very similar to Taxi Driver. Um, at, you know, the the endings at least. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he's a complicated man, Nick. Yeah, he's like Army Hammer. You know, just got a lot going on. Got a lot on his plate. <laughs> I feel if that news came out about Schrader that he had cannibal uh, fantasies that the people were like and mm-hmm. you know what yeah is he dating his daughter no all right well can't wait to see whatever piece of dog shit he's he's cooked up this time you mean there was a question about him not having those kind of fantasies what the funny thing is has has there been somebody who has coasted for so long on so little Schrader. Yeah. I mean, he certainly maintained uh, this mysterious aura around him. I think as a screenwriter, as like as a as a hard, as kind of a harder edged writer, right? And so, um, you know, he's a man behind Light Sleeper for God's sake. First Reformed, right? Did he do First Reformed too? He did. That's a recent one that he did. Solid. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and Light Sleeper is pretty good. It's just that he he also did this movie I saw at a film festival. Very, it's a Japanese, it's set in Japan. I can't remember. It's called uh, something with an M. That's a movie that's it's got it's got a lot of beautiful costumes in it. It's very strange um, compared to his other work. Mishima. Yes, do you know that uh-huh. one? It's it's longer. It's longer than that tale. It's longer than that. Just one title though. It's like it's got a subtitle. Yeah. And um, but I, you know, he's a strange guy. He's kept the, he's kept the stash. Quick, quick connection here. One of the producers on this film, actually, two of the producers on this film, but the the the, 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 the Gordon brothers and okay. Lawrence Gordon is somebody I have a relationship with over the years. Almost made three things with him at, at different intervals. And is this um, something that's he's still in the film business? I don't think so. I think he retired. I mean, I think his name is but still he, out there. He's an older guy though now. But and this is like uh, this is one of his first. Or is he around? He, I think this? he was probably around before this. He he he's been around forever. He is he was Lloyd Levin's producing partner. Okay, and he mentored you know like Lloyd came in the picture much later, like around Boogie Nights or whatever. But legend, absolute legend, and um, hard edged, like difficult, like strong willed guy, but with great ideas and great um, uh, protecting instincts. Like he's a he's a he's a bulldog. Well, if you still if you reach out to him, if you still talk to him, just send him the message that Justin thinks this one's cool. All right. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll wake him up one night and call him. Say, "Hey, Justin, really like uh, Rolling Thunder." Who, 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 who is this calling? Aren't you a nobody? Yeah, but I was really impressed with him anyway. Um, what movies were you trying to get going with him? He was originally involved with Meg. He was involved with the Reanimator movie, mm-hmm. and he was involved in the runoff TV show. All of which, um, by the way, we didn't get made. What was the metal one? The Reanimator House of Reanimator. Yeah, and actually, I think we also he was the guy that went on Saints Row. So literally. Yeah. I failed with him up and down the street. Well, sounds like more his his yeah. uh, failure than yeah, yours. Yeah, definitely. Though. Well, they expected something from him. Well, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Did you? Now that they you can laugh in their faces. Now you got the movie microscope, my friend. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. Yes, yeah, su- success came late, but it it came fast. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. So set the stage for this flick. All right. So two prisoners of war. Actually, more than that, but the two that we're concerned with come home finally. After years of their family and friends thinking that they are 
dead. They arrive home in 1973, and they have to readjust. These two American soldiers have to readjust to uh, life in the U.S. of A. in Texas, actually, and um, they don't do too well. They they have a bit of culture shock. They don't know how. To, they're all they're acting like Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway. You know what I'm saying? They're just kind of like looking at life, don't know how to react, and so. <clears throat> The town, the main character is uh, named, uh, what's his, uh, Rain, what, William Rain or something? What is it? Not William Rain. There's Rain, there's Rain in there. Rain. That's The main character is played by William Devane. He comes home and uh, the town wants to celebrate him and they give him uh, some money. They give him, you know, a silver dollar for every day he was away. It's like a nice symbolic gesture. You know, he's he's become like a legendary figure in the town. And he takes that money and it just, that 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 moment, that money that he's gifted causes havoc in his life. Right. And that's really the setup. Yeah. Major Charles Rain. Yes. All right. Let's do the work. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. what. Do you, so let's talk about, first of all, William, De, William Devane, who you've criticized in the past as someone that you don't love seeing on screen. It was a very like ubiquitous actor around this time. Like he was in a lot of things. He was. He was. The movie was made in 1977. He's ubiquitous. He is a solid actor. Mm -hmm. um, I just always felt that he was a man of few dimensions. A man of few dimensions. Few dimensions. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine. He's fine. You know. It's just I always felt like because of he he did a lot of pot boiler type stuff late seventies, early eighties, mid eighties, where he was in a lot of either kind of those syrupy dra TV dramas or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, so whenever he would show up in a film, it felt like they were bringing in a, like a placebo or like nothing against him. But he always felt like a, you know, back in the day when TV actor was a bad word in some respects. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I felt when I would see William Devane in a movie for better or for worse. It was like, man, they couldn't get like a real like stage actor or somebody really great. <clears throat> and it's it's really more on me because he is very good. But it, it's just he had that connotation. And part of it's because of his look. He's got such a harsh look and such a specific look that. Right. Uh, he's not exactly what you call a chameleon, except that he no, looks I mean, like a fucking lizard. <laughs> but he gives a very good performance in this movie, uh, kind of a different performance, I think. You know, Tommy Lee Jones also in this, who we we love, and um, he's certainly not in the movie as much, but he is his uh, his buddy, and also struggling with you know being on uh, back home. Um, but that's you know, Tommy Lee Jones gives a performance that you that you are used to seeing from him. He's a cool. He just looks younger than ever in this. Yeah, he does. He looks, but he's just he's a cool dude, you it, know. It, it, and Devane, well, Devane's really going through like he the what he's doing in those scenes is just he he's really given a complex performance, I think. Which I think that he said now because I read an interview that he kind of wishes he was a better actor or at least knew more because he would have tried to do more. Mm -hmm. To kind of show that kind of the pain he was going through, but I think it really works. Yeah, there's what he he's did. a he's numb. Like he's he's so he's yeah. so benign in this movie. I think that's part of why it worked is because he seems mm -hmm. almost like a hollow vessel through the majority of this film. Even when he's getting retribution, there's no joy in it. There's no um, vigor. He's just he's just go. He's like a shark. He's just going through his job, basically his instinct. No, it, you keep expecting. Thank you for saying see, no. Like in a Thank movie you for that. Oh, no, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying that in a movie like this, you keep expecting to see him just be, just lose it, you know, just be angry and just, you know, lash out. And you, you keep expecting him to, and he never does. You know, like, I mean, he lashes out, he's violent, but he's just, he's always cool, calm, and collected, you know? He also... Because he, 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 he thinks he's dead. He, he regards himself as 
Yeah. He just thinks he's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he receives pain very, he, 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 he takes pain well in this movie. He does. Yeah. And they explain why. So at the beginning of the movie, he, he arrives home and he's reunited with, um, his wife and young son. And, uh, you know, the son doesn't know him. He's been gone long enough to where the son was a baby when he left for war. And now the son is eight years old or something. And he doesn't know his dad and the wife, you know, she's moved on. She thought he was dead. So she's moved on a little bit with uh, a policeman in town. And so when he comes home, he's very disconnected from his family. Yeah, but- um, He's obviously disconnected from the world, but he certainly feels that disconnection. She actually kind of breaks it to him that she has moved on with another man. But luckily he gets to know his son and they get to bond and he gets to watch his son grow up. He does get that feeling for a couple of days. And um, but so anyway, this scene is really interesting when he, you know, he, he puts his son to bed and then he talks to his wife and his wife kind of is trying to, you know, flirt with him and be sweet to him. But he's not having it. And she she even gives him a, a present, Nick, mm-hmm. a wrapped box of Mounds candy bars. <laughs> she wrapped it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was his favorite, his favorite candy she remembers. But he no, he didn't even eat it. Like he no longer even takes joy from candy. Do you remember how guy. long he ate that Mounds bar when he was in the prison camp? I do not. He was able to, oh, that's right. He talks about it. He was it. able yeah. to parse one Mounds bar out to six months. Hey, you know. and so That's more of, of a, a, a huge bit of shade thrown at Mounds. Couldn't take <laughs> so, more than It took him six months to get double. it down, yeah. Do you know how much Mounds paid to get in this movie? Zero. No, they almost went out of business trying to appear in Rolling Thunder. Yeah. But you know... They wouldn't be the legends they are today in the candy world without this. No, movie. no, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. And it's a shame that um, that they had to create CGI just to digitally erase the almond joys they had on set. <laughs> I mean, can you think every time you step out of the house and go get yourself a Mounds? Do you know you can tie it back to this movie? Right. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, that's where it all started. Did you notice? Uh, the, so at the beginning of the movie, they arrive in an aircraft. Super zoom. Mm-hmm. Zoom in. Yeah. Did you notice the guy standing outside the airplane? Uh, I kind of did. He is the stiffest weird of all time. <clears throat> so listen to this. So did you notice he was getting repped in this movie? At the that were, were they were there to greet him? Tell us. You got the Cub Scouts. You got the Boy Scouts. I think the Girl Scouts were there. Right. All the Scouts. Right. You know. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> there, there's a marching band there. They're playing music. The whole was, town came to see. Was him. Bruce Willis's kid there? Rumor. Does he have a kid named Scout? He does. That's what they named her after this movie. One of Bruce Willis's favorite scenes. Anyway, I had a huge uh, memory. Like a, you ever get like a you see something and it just brings back the past. Yeah, this happened to me during this movie. The kid had the same sheets, the the NFL like these football sheets that I had uh, as when I was a kid. It's a shame you didn't receive all the, the same all the gifts he receives in this movie. We had that part in common. We both had the same football. That's sheets. pretty. Great. I remember. Yeah. I never fall asleep on top of those, you know? I didn't thought about those sheets for years. Well, most kids would fall asleep under them. I think that they were, you know, I, it was a whole set. It was like, you know, you slept on them and you put them over you. It's everything. I had I, All I remember is my Empire Strikes Back set. I had Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, of course. I gravitated to that later. Yeah, those Empire Strikes I still can sleep in that if I wanted to. They should make... They should make bed sheets for adults that have those kind of themes. Yeah. Like they should do like a save a prior Ryan like yeah. sheet set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like uh can you go here, roll over to Caparzo. I'm uh 
I'm, I'm getting a little body heat issue here. Get get over there on Caparzo. Did you like um uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri? I haven't seen it, but I have the sheets. <laughs> yeah, I have those sheets. Yeah, this morning I was um, rinsing off my genitalia with my making Mr. Right blanket. <laughs> Why a blanket? Well, it's a towel that I've repurposed. I, I wipe with it and then I sleep with it. Sure. Yeah, I dry myself and then it. and then sleep damp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's so funny because they're like early on in the movie that he's trying to acclimate to the world yeah. and he's stiffer than fuck. Uh, and then of course this cop, this guy who is, has, has become his wife's entire fuck base. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, Cliff, out, you're talking about yeah, Cliff. Cliff. And it's funny because there's a scene where he's playing mm-hmm. catch with his son and, Cl- and yeah, Cliff shows up. Yeah. And a POW who who has endured amazing bouts of just torment and excruciating human challenges says that he's too he's tired from throwing the baseball. Well, yeah, but he doesn't want to be around this guy. That's why. Oh, so you're saying that he wasn't really worn out from throwing like no. three throws with his. Little- well, first of all, we find out in that scene that William Devane is terrible at catch. Like I think he does not catch one single throw of his son. Um, but you know, to be fair, he has been tortured for a number of years yeah. as character. So anyway, so yeah, Cliff comes over the, the new the fiance of his, I got, his ex-wife. Okay, uh, let me interject though. Let me give you some good news. He may be bad at catch, but he's good at not getting caught by his enemies. Oh shit. He's bad at that too. Damn it. All right. I'm sorry. At least he was caught with Tommy Lee Jones. Can you imagine the conversations those, those two had and, and, Prisoner of War camp. Yeah, they're, the they're, they, they, the press is interviewing them, and uh, they they said, uh, "So, I mean, how many years before Tommy smiled for the first time?" And he's still waiting. So, anyway, um, I want to get back to that scene with his his wife. Whenever she's kind of, he says, you know, one thing that they they do like kind of a head fake where he he says that to his wife, he's like, "You're not wearing a brazier," and she says, "No, nobody wears them anymore." And he said, uh, <clears throat> she's like, didn't you hear that? And he said, no, we heard about mini skirts. And she remember, she wants to try one on for him. Yeah. And he's like, nah, he's like, nah, that's okay. And he's just sitting there on the couch, like a big old sad sack. And then she kind of is like, all right, well, this is a perfect time to tell you that uh, yeah. I no longer need you in my life. <laughs> and she starts telling him and he says, I don't think I'm up for any of this or any more of this. You know, that's kind of his, that's his, re- his go-to reaction is. He just kind of leaves, or he just kind of makes distance. Did he find her tad offensive? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, by the way, there are he's there, bought, there are zero bras in this movie. I know. I noticed. Filmmaker made us notice, I yeah. guess, a couple times with the the couple of the women running. But he, this guy Cliff, this this new the new boyfriend, the new the new guy, and the he wants to. He feels terrible. Like he's like, this is an awful situation. He wants to like kind of ease things over with this guy with William Devane, which is a, you know, that's pretty hopeful. Yeah. And um, he keeps trying to insert himself into Devane's like perspective, like in his eyes. He's already inserted himself into everything else. <laughs> so Devane's living in like a, in the garage in the shed and the guy walks in and there's all these guns. I mean, I wrote this down. I, yeah. I mean, it is an insane amount of guns that he's. Yeah. I also like that. I, I have never seen somebody jump rope slower. Have you, did you notice that? William Devane is amongst his skill. He is the slowest jump roper of all time. 
Fair enough. But you know what's funny is that um, guy Cliff could not have been yeah. named better. That guy looks so much like a Cliff. He does. And, he's super tall. And that character is totally, of course, he's named Cliff, a guy that does that. So Cliff comes to do a little buddy-buddy and just kind of make amends, have a beer. He brings some liquor over, have some, have a drink with with his, uh, with his William Devane. And William Devane instead asks, he starts to talk about the war. He starts to talk about how terrible it must have been. And William Devane asks him to torture him, like kind of hold his hand behind him. He's showing him what he how he used to be tortured and is asking him to kind of wrench his arm behind his back like they used to do. And you could tell that, and he's telling, and Devane's telling, hey, this is how we get through it. You kind of learn to love your captors. All this stuff is not stuff that Cliff wants to be doing or hearing. He just wants to be drinking with this guy and, and getting, and you know, apologizing. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's entering into rope play with uh, <laughs> Devane. Right. In an in a almost kind of sexual way. Like, it's a very strange scene. Um, and he is like, I think he taps out. Cliff was like, I, I think I've had enough of, of, of me pre- pretending to be your captain. I literally never wanted that scene to end. <laughs> but then Devane has one request. What's that? He says, please don't don't call my son a runt. That's right. Cliff has a, has a nickname for his son, and that, and that bothers him. Yeah. Although. And Cliff said, I'll promise to stop calling your kid a runt in like two days. Because <laughs> 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 nicknames no longer will apply. Yeah. But the good news is, um, is they find a, a common bond. Uh, those two men. Yeah, those kind of bonded you. You're no, right. no. I mean, they find a bond. They oh. find a bond. And Sean Connery. Or... Actually, they need some gold bond after because after their their rigorous session, um, and it was it was during this sequence I realized uh, what has eluded me all these years mm-hmm. uh, is that William Devane looks exactly like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> what the fuck? What? You're gonna have to do a side by side. Young William Devane, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying he's he's wearing Anna Kendrick's flesh. He's rocking her throughout this movie. All right, now say that in Army Hammer's voice. <laughs> I can't move my mouth that little. Um, so yeah, here's a deal. He gets a fancy Cadillac. He gets a big party. They give him all these gold coins. The town, yeah, the town celebrates him. And in fact, he actually chops down the sign. Remember. He has a sign that's dedicated to him that says he's been missing for right. Yeah, please bring you know Colonel Rain home or something. He actually he, he chainsaws it down yeah. for them. Right. It's a it's a ceremony. And he has a groupie. He does. Yeah, Linda Haynes, yeah. who is an actress that I wasn't familiar with, who, who is uh, an ingenue that they they really cut the camera really spends a lot of time on her. They kind of she I, has I, the lion's share of the dialogue in the movie because Devane's such a monosyllabic guy for the, most of it so she has to carry the narrative load and she does all the talking in their scenes and uh you know but all the characters do really you know except whenever devane and Tommy Lee jones get in the same room together but yeah this linda haynes is an interesting actress she was in a lot of good things and just gave up acting like pretty soon after this right she kind of fell into acting and then she just she decided to step away still with us um huh still with us yeah yeah a lot of deads in this movie though ton of dead yeah, I know. Many of the bad guys. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A lot of dead fucks. Um, so so he gets these coins, right? Not our two mains, though. Not our two mains. Right. Three mains. And so anyway, yeah, the town gives him, we mentioned earlier, they give him a, a a whole big box of silver dollars worth about a little over $2,000, I think. 2000 um, No, way, way more than that. I think it's like... No, I think... I think it was... I don't think so. I think it was no. a fortune. It's not. It's like two. It's over two thousand. That's. I it. thought it was a fortune. Uh, so do the bad guys. 
yeah, it is actually a, a shockingly small amount of money that they uh, create all this hell for the world over. Yeah, so they gave him a silver dollar for every every day he's been missing. So he's not going to be missing for 20,000 20, days, you know, like <laughs> or anything. Yeah, I think it's about $2,000, maybe 2500 I can't zoom in this hard. I can't write that figure down. Yeah, no, it's it's 2555 There you go. It's a, for, it's a fucking fortune. So, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, it's presented by this woman named, um, I don't know her name in the movie, Linda Haynes, the actress. Yeah. And she flirts with Devane, and Devane, it just, it falls on deaf ears, deaf face, everything. He does not, he does not react to the flirtation. He goes home, and they ask, ask him what he's going to do with the money. He said, I'll probably take it home and hide it. That's what he says. Oops. He uh, relays that message to the bad guy network. Yeah. Led by whom? Led by uh, Lucas Q. And I guess the big leader is the guy who used to play Roscoe. James Best. What's his James Best? The, name of the, the names of the villains is amazing. He's just Texan, right? The Texan. The Texan. The automatic Slim. Automatic Slim. It sounds like a poker player. And then T-Bird and Melio. But... I love I love that his name is Automatic Slim. It's a great name, the yeah, Halo yeah. name. Um, mm-hmm. And they, uh, it reminds me of a poker player named Amarillo. Slim. Exactly. Yeah. No, but do you remember that guy? Of course. Mm-hmm. So, isn't that a name of a casino? I don't. He's a poker player. I don't know. And then, of course, they visit our man, and it goes perfectly fine. So yeah. So Devane, um, he actually is out in the town. He has got this new caddy. He's rolling around. He bumps into this waitress again who kind of says that she wants to fool around with him. And he, he's like, ah, I'm going to go home. Yeah. And he goes I'm home loved. And, and he goes home and he's accosted by a group of about five bad guys. And they start to ask him where that money is. And he, they make sure to know that he's just, he's been tortured. Like he, he's not going to give up any information very easily. In fact, he might enjoy being tortured a little bit. So they start to torture him. He handles it. And he, it doesn't work. And they just, uh, you know, the bad guys are kind of like, what can we do? What can we do? You know, we're hitting him in the stomach. We're punching him in the face. We're doing all sorts of shit to him, not working. So as Nick said earlier, they they decided to put his hand down the disposal, garbage disposal, and turn it and on. And it's his good hand. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? His right hand. And uh, they do it, and uh, he gets a little bit of pain in that. You know, he doesn't like, he doesn't like it. Yeah, he passes out, which I love. But he uh, doesn't give up the information. Unfortunately, then his wife... And child come home, and his son immediately tells the bad guys where those coins are because he doesn't want to see his dad get any hurt anymore. And he doesn't. He doesn't get to see his dad get hurt anymore. <laughs> he gets his wish. Nick. He does. It's, it's, this is definitely a wish fulfillment story, and a very. Ha- I turned it off. Did, did anything happen after his, he helped his dad out? So the bad guys are that were there for such a low amount of money. It seems in in in, in they, the late seventies, that's like four grand. They uh, then proceed at the nod of this the Texan here, who is drenched with sweat. And I hear that that uh, this guy what's his name James Best. What was his last name or his first name? His name James Best is his whole name. He had a cow, has a cowboy hat on, and he would put ice cubes under his hat to give the impression of him sweating. Right, which is just the, the oldest trick in the book: yeah. ice cubes under a cowboy hat. Yeah. And um, he gives the nod to uh, Automatic Slim, and they gun down the family. They kill the wife, the son, and then they shoot Devane. More, um, more. But it, it, or fortunately, and maybe unfortunately for, for Devane's character, it does not kill him. 
It doesn't. And so the next scene we see is that, you know, he's recuperating in the hospital and he's got no hand anymore. Yeah. He's got, and no wife and no child. Yeah. It's a shame. And no coins. The same exact amount of love in his house. And he, well, he, he wakes up, he goes, my coins. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of trivia, automatic slim, uh, to Mm -hmm. fake that he was sweating would put cool Modi under his hat. Pretty, pretty good information. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Um, so, you know, the cliff, the policeman who, you know, everybody comes to the hospital, the, the flirtatious waitress, she, she's kind of keeping watch on him as he's convalescing. And then the cliff comes over and he's like, don't you remember who, what happened? Tell me, don't you remember what happened? And old Willie Devane is like, I don't even remember how I lost my hand. I don't know what happened. I can't remember a thing. He says, why don't you go ask my wife and children how it's going? <laughs> but he just, he actually looks maybe as happiest in the hospital. He's just, he just is, he seems very relaxed and not um, in any amount of tortured, like pain or regret over, over losing his, his Yeah, family. we get to watch him hook train. So yeah, he's got this hook hand and he's, he's starting He's he's trying to kind of put cigarettes in in a in a package, right. and he's and he's and he's doing the first on camera hook hand cigarette fail. Yeah, I right, right. It's this movie's yeah. cigarette, yeah, cigarette placement fail. As soon as he gets out of the hospital, things start to change. Uh, yeah, he goes directly home, and he starts to weapon up. Yeah, he sharpens his hand. The first thing he does is he sharpens the hook hand. And he saws off shotguns. I mean, he is getting things prepared. So that's the way you, that's what's so strange. This movie's got such a strange tone. Like you don't see him react. Like you kind of believe him maybe when he says he doesn't remember what happened. You don't know what's gonna go down. And then as soon as he gets home, mm-hmm. he prepares for war. And you know that he's been playing um possum with the cops. He's been lying. Yeah. He knows who these motherfuckers are, or at least what they look like. Right. And it's payback time. And he's got a sharp hand now. <laughs> it's a sharp hand. And he goes to pick up the waitress and he says, Hey, you want to come along t- for a fun trip? <laughs> and she says, uh, She's like, Do you expect me to drop everything? And she does. She drops everything. She drops she, the. She's so literal. Yeah. She is actually. At one point, she says, He says to her, Hop in to the car, his convertible. And she actually does hop in. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, she uh, she does drop the tray, which sucks for her manager and the fellow waitstaff. Uh, it's so funny how little this movie is. Like when he gets back from via, you know Vietnam or whatever, he tells his wife and kid that they're drop dead gorgeous. You think he's got like a like a wishmaster oh, type thing we, going yeah, on? Yeah, like what he says comes true. Yeah, I think I think well, if you notice, they fish out, they they clean out the disposal, and there's a monkey's paw. Instead of his oh, fist, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there is a little super. So a little, a little zoom about this scene with the hand that you were so grossed out, or at least made such an impact on you when you were a kid. That scene, they actually filmed from the inside of the sink. They filmed the hand coming apart, and apparently it was so effective that people got sick during screenings of it. And then they one guy got in a car wreck because <laughs> he was trying to leave <laughs> the scene, and he got in a car wreck. And apparently, people got in fights. Like with, I don't know, and that might be been because of COVID, the portrayal of no portrayal of some um, Mexican folks in this, but there were like 
screenings weren't didn't work out so hot for these guys because it's certainly that scene gross people out. See, I, that would be I, that would be on my poster. Well, I would have loved to seen that restored because it's an effective scene. But can you imagine like if it was that gross, like that great? Although it wouldn't horrifying? fit in if that's the only scene where they they do like a Breaking Bad type of shot. You know, it's like there's not a lot of style in the rest of the film. There isn't no. Well, no, there, well, it's a very stylish film. The sex in the way too, or the POV shot. You know, I mean, it's got a very it, the tone very much follows Devane the way Devane is acting, like his 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 persona anyway. I'm trying to sound as annoying as possible during this. Hope it's working. Um, anyway, Devane starts one-handing everything. All of a sudden, he's expert one-hand, putting on sunglasses, lighting a match. Um, yeah. He's 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 like he's like doing as much as he can one-handed to show off. Like he's counting like, his family members. <laughs> but he is. He's he turns a little bit of. A, one hand auteur, doesn't he? He does. He does. And he's just kind of he's flaunting it. It's his one it's almost like he loves to lose a hand. Yeah. I think you need more like him. I mean, imagine this. I mean, you want to talk about a world where people are getting a pass, right? Ain't no participation trophies for Bill Devane, dog. What about uh, one of his scenes that he's in the barn? He says, I'll have a tap beer. <laughs> and then Gregory Hines leans from behind the bar. <laughs> Of a tap beer. I think it's because he got so used to hearing that song played. What taps? I keep I, I anyway. keep getting okay. I get this mixed up. Is, is does he fight? Does he fight his 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 uh, sensei on a log? And when he's no, that's not him. When he's captured, is that a di- it's different, right? He doesn't fight his sensei on a log. When he's in prison camp. Oh. oh, what are you talking about? What movie? Season three of Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting these two mixed up. They should do a Cobra Kai like revival of this on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know it's Devane, they should do a sequel, Devane and Jones, two. and then he can get his son. Oh, son, Rolling Thunder two, and they they're yeah. I wonder wonder if they do. I know I know Tommy Lee Jones likes this movie. So by the way, great video game back in the day, Rolling Thunder. It is yeah yeah. So. I think I, I thought the plot of that game, that's why I kept mixing it in with this movie. I thought it was going to be like a cooler movie, like kind of cool, you know, this movie. And it's not that co- it's not a cool movie. No, it's cold, actually. It's very cold. Yeah. So he goes, uh, we didn't narr- We didn't even mention Dabney Coleman gets a scene. In he gets a couple of scenes. Scene. Yeah. And he's like, he has like a shiny. Can I, I love his look. Dabney. No, no, his name. I'm, he, I love his look. You look at him and you feel good. You know, I look at him and I just feel good. What's that mean? I, just because you like seeing him? Yeah, well, he's just got a look that's good. Like, <laughs> his mustache looks good. Everything about him is yeah. just super good. Yeah, like, yeah, his hair, the way his hairline is, his face, his nose, like it's good. Everything about him. Even when he's Dabney even Coleman. in nine to five where he's the villain, he's still good. I, I get I'm getting there. I see what you're saying. I just like saying his name. I wonder if it'd been fun to know him just to call him Dabney all the time, just kind of use his name too much. You know, like, hey Dabney, you know. Coming over, Dabney. Just like he's like, I know you don't have to keep saying Dabney, but I, I just would keep bringing it up, you know. Yeah, and he looked so good, and then he was in Cloak and Dagger. I mean, how do you how do you not fall in love with a man that's in Cloak and Dagger? He's a uh, he's a uh, trading uh, lines with Henry Thomas. Episode two seventy seven. Look, you think I you think I I wish you would move it up. I'd love to watch Cloak and Dagger, but I, who knows? You think we're getting to two seventy seven? Remember his name in it? No, Jack Flack. 
Jack Flack. Okay, I do remember that now. Was he? Was it like? Was he like a like an imaginary character? Yeah. yeah, he was like the ET of that movie. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, shit movie. But it had an Atari fifty two hundred cartridge in it, so I was wet. Do you remember there was that Atari fifty two hundred component to this, or was it a seventy eight hundred? See, either Atari seventy eight hundred or fifty two hundred featured prominently in this movie, and I was okay. thrilled to my bone. I love it. I, I remember there's a video game aspect to it, and I don't remember why. But so, so they're on the road, and he, they they do a little. Um, this they stop off right away at a. I think they go over the border. They do in the Mexico, and they start at this uh, uh, this bar, and that he you know Devane sends in. Not unlike in what movie? Wait, don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. In Jason Patrick. Yes. Uh, the what is it? The best episode we've ever done. 100. Fuck. The Prince. Yeah. Yes. All right. So he sends the woman and he said, you know, could you just go in and ask for this person's name? Like ask for this person. And she does. And is immediately like kind of taken to the back room and, and threatened with like kind of sexually threatened, violently threatened. And then old Devane walks in, tells her to leave and starts to kick some ass with this hook hand. He immediately... The guy that's been uh, harassing uh, the waitress, he, you know, his his friend, he immediately stabs his hand with his sharp hook, um, and then points a gun at the other dude in the room, yeah. and starts questioning this guy. And so, it kind of sucks for the the waitress because she he kind of sent her in, yep, for this to happen. Yep, you know, he's using her. Plus, it's not exactly a foolproof plan, the way that he approaches most of this movie. It's his only plan he has is to send people in first and then come in as a surprise. Yeah. That's the only move he has. Yeah, it's not. It it's works. not a brilliant strategy, uh, mind, because the thing the, in the climax of the film, his plan is sort of bonkers. He said, they "Ain't broke, don't fix it." Yeah, you know. He's talking about his family, or so. So he, she protests the 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 you know. The waitress, I keep calling her the waitress. I wish I knew her name. I wish I zoomed in and knew her name. She, she's the te- she's the Texas uh, queen or whatever, and she's got like a, a like Flachon or something. What is it? Some let's just call her Flachon. Let's just we'll just decide to name her Flachon. Linda Forche. Sorry, I was close. Oh, her name is Linda, the same as the actress's name. You think I would I would actually know this? Um, so Linda, <laughs> she's pissed. She's like, "What did you do? Why'd you send me into this place?" It's like. I almost got like hurt, and Devane is like, "And you know, next, who cares?" Yeah. And so then they go shoot water. Like, Talk to the hand. Let's go shoot at water. They, they go shoot at water. Yeah, and she's pretty good. She shotguns into water. Yeah, because he, he, you know, she she realizes he's a trunk. A, a tr- I think they call it a trunk full of weps, short for weapons. Yeah, and she, she, trunk full of weps. He says, "Here's the plan: you go into the water first, and then I'll come in after you and shoot it." Although that scene does, it does feel like a classic, like Badlands kind of scene. Like, with- yeah, I know. Yeah, they're on the road. They're, you know, she's she has an inexplicable crush on him. He's not giving her anything to work with. I guess, I guess that is, uh, you know, he's kind of the town legend. So maybe that they also make her up kind of a sad person who's manipulated by men all the time. Of course, yeah, but she also says like she's always. She always gets involved with insane men, she says, or something crazy. People. She said this, and he says, this time it'll be different. He says, he's like, how come I only um, get involved with crazy men? He says, there's no other kind left or something like that, right? He actually has tries to have a little biting retort. Yeah. And then she's like, didn't your son just get killed? Or 
He doesn't. Another thing that's interesting, he does not talk about his family ever. Like he never talks about, he never brings up his son to anybody or or his wife until the very end. Um, you know, he doesn't say anything about them, which I thought was an interesting choice by Paul Schrader or Haywood Gould, mm -hmm. who rewrote Paul Schrader. I love, anyway, so he does run into Lucas Q, who is the kind of the one of the main bad guys here in a bar and he starts to, they have a, a very clumsy fight um, that he starts to lose. Devane starts to lose, but he manages to hook his hand, this hook hand into Lucas Q's jeans, his ball area. <laughs> and that causes the fight to shut down. Yeah. Because Lucas Q, which is an incredible name for an actor, right? who was later on Big Love as a very creepy um, bigamist type character. Um, he tells his boys to please stand back. <laughs> his balls have been speared. <laughs> and so you're trying to that tell me, 10 episodes ago, we had Boss Spear Man. And now we've got Ball Spear Man. <laughs> and uh, Devane, though, like pulls uh, him and his balls kind of outside. And then he does like, he kind of flips away from the crotch area and escapes because he... He knows he can't really do much. Right. He did, he's not going to get his man here. And so he, he they, they get away from this assortment of bad guys. Not a good plan. Awful. At least he treats her good after that, though. Because <laughs> she sticks with uh, him, and they have more uncomfortable time together. Um, well, she said she likes a little naturalness in a man. You know, that's, that's her, I guess, she's trying to come up with excuses of why she should sleep with him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, uh, you know, um, I don't know. You, got, you took a bath today? Yeah, you got a possible. You got almost a full complement of hands. <laughs> I like Captain Hook a lot, yeah. you know. Good good um, father. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cliff, who is finds out that this revenge plot has been hatched without him, he starts to do some digging. He's like, I need eyes on this caddy. So I can find out where this guy's going so I can help. And his police friends get him the information and he goes um, and interviews maybe the same, the same bad guy that Devane interviewed first that kind of spear, you know, he speared this guy's hand. How does that work out for Cliff? He tells the other cop, he's like, look, can you uh, feed my fish for the rest of their lives? <laughs> yeah. Cliff gets, uh, he does end up shooting a couple people, but he's, uh, sadly uh, blown away by Lucas Q who has recovered from his ball spearing and that how, you know, that he's got six band-aids uh, that are poking out of his thong. <laughs> I guess he didn't actually hook his testicles, right? Cause he didn't seem to be limping or itching at that area. He looked fully recovered. To he me. looked great. Yeah. I, I actually liked the cliff guy and I liked the subplot and I felt bad when he gets destroyed. It was surprising. Did you notice he runs weird, though? It's weird because I don't know if you're supposed to not like Cliff because of he kind of moved in on this uh, soldier's wife when, you know, that's kind of the feeling you get that they're trying to say, hey, this guy is a douche, but he's not a douchebag. They thought Devane was dead. They thought he was Tom Hankston cast away. Exactly. I mean, you know, actually, she Helen, she Helen hunted Nick. She Helen hunted his wife. Yep. Yep. You know, she did. She, there's no SUV scene or anything, but there's a similar scene with. You know, Helen Hunt doesn't get killed at the end of Castaway. Yeah, or at the beginning. 
he want he would have wanted her to move on, you know, like he, she didn't know he was alive. She didn't know the mountains bar was six months old. You know, she, she, she did, the, she did what she had to do, you know, not for the kid, just for her own sex. Yeah. Helen Hunt tells Tom Hanks that, that he was a love of her life, you know, but now she has a family with this, this new man, you know, what, what's she supposed to do? You know, uh, you know, Devane's wife never says you're the love of my life. She just kind of, basically it implies that here's some mounds uh please move to the garage and, and she she said uh playfully these are the only mounds you'll be getting <laughs> and and uh, oh you oh you wrap some mounds another, oh i wasn't i wasn't expecting another this. difference between this and castaway is yes he is heartbroken that helen hunt has moved on but then he meets the hottest that movie i love that movie until the very end it's so fucking stupid it's yeah. He like stands. He stands at the crossroads. Remember, of course, that's how it ends. But before he stands at the crossroads, he does meet the hottest Isn't she a, artist. Yeah, she's like a metal sculptor or something. Yeah, and he has a package to deliver. If you know what I'm saying, uh, from his island that you know he she's he it, it never made it to its recipient. She's like, is Georgie in there or? You're. I don't care how dumb the ending of that movie is. It is so fucking great that movie. That movie kills me. I love it. I it's such a heartbreak. But that's the the thing at the end when they're like, "Don't worry, audience. Tom Hanks is about to get laid by the hottest guys. Don't worry. On the way out, he's gonna get he's gonna get super laid." Yeah. Don't worry. He's been without sex for a long time, but now he's gonna be 69, 69, 69, 69. Yeah. She's gonna like build some sort of a like an HR Giger sex contraption out of like loose aluminum for Tom Hanks. Everything's fine. <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's on, you know? Yeah. He's like, this is the second time in the movie. There's a, a, a handprint on a ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> that does kill me when Wilson gets swept away. You know, you know, it's I guess it's more it says more about me than anything, but I love the plane crash. I love watching it. The crash. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautifully uh, done scene. It's it's an amazing product placement. FedEx. Yeah. Um, every, you know, the pilot lives his friend. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that washes up is terrific. <laughs> um, the original title of the movie was Toothache. <laughs> They do spend a lot of time on that too. Yeah, I tell you, one of the coolest, the one of the best transitions though is when he goes from that to instantly being the spear fisherman of America. Like the trans, it's so cool. He Tanya Harding's his tooth. He does. Yeah, with the ice skate, he has an ice skate on that thing. Remember, yep. that's what he uses he, an ice skate and a rock. You feel that pain too. Oh, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. But he gets a, he gets laid at the end, so that's fine. All the stuff he went through just to get to the moment where he gets to get laid. Yeah. I mean, he, I like when he winks at the camera. He goes, "It's all worth it." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Does 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 Zemeckis do the up and down shot on the on the actress at the end? I don't I don't know. Like looks her looks her over. Yeah, the camera like up and down. No, actually, I think it's almost worse. It's like he, they they try to not they're trying to focus like the, he he doesn't want you to realize that he's she's hot as hell and everything's gonna go in. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what else is great she was the actress was like 
Zemeckis, she's like, so I'm an artist? Like, is my background, and I work in metal. Like, what's my, he's like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You just got to make, make Tom Hanks lo- lose him. <laughs> uh, oh, poor Tom Hanks. But anyway, there's a lot of similarities between yeah, the, pro- the shell shock, Tom Hanks and the shell shock. Yeah. Captain Rain in this. The uh, it's funny that when they showed him the casting, fo- they showed him the photo of the, at the, at the on the set of the girl that they hired to play that part. They just they they use the title treatment for that thing you do and put it put it in the corner. It's like just so we knew who she was playing. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's like like a Zemeckis. He's like, don't worry, guys. She's hot. The the the. The package that he's clung on to for seven years or whatever. Yeah. God has gifted him. The artist is hot. <laughs> so stupid. Do they ever open the package up? No. It's got wings on it. Remember she draws. Yeah, that's right. She draws with metal wings or something. It's a that's a weird time to, to, for the film to lose you. Well, at least they waited. Yeah. I mean, it's right after like a beautiful scene with Helen Hunt. Such a such a shockingly sad scene or devastating. How many cool plays her husband? Right. I don't meet Chris Noth. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Is that true? Is that right? Did I, think, I, did I get yeah, it right? I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And he said that. Do you see the post scene when he says, "Tell me about this artist." <laughs> <laughs> Calls Hanks up. She she goes she goes uh, she goes back in the house after Hanks leaves, and he's on, he's looking at the security footage. Love your life, huh? It's like uh, I've already changed the locks. <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway this movie there's a huge zoom in this movie where linda says they should they should run off they should give up this revenge plot this is after sex and devane is like in t- like entombed in the sheets do you see how he, they no, wrap no his sheet? whole body is <laughs> well anyway he he has these sheets right he snuggled up which is cute and these sheets <clears throat> And uh, after a successful sex sesh, I guess. And she said, we should run off to Alaska. Forget this. Yeah. And he says, he zooms in. He says, Alaska's cold. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like they had books in the pre-OW camp. (laughs) Then she says that people only sit in front of the fireplace there and make love all day, which I did not. I'd never heard that about Alaska. Right. Is that what they do? All day? Have you looked at them? Anyway, so pretty soon after this, he Devane abandons her. He abandons Linda. He says, and to hit to William, to William Devane's credit, because I read an interview with this actress after many years. Devane wanted her to be involved in the last, the final scenes, and and the director didn't budge or whatever. So John Flynn, Flynn didn't budge. So <clears throat> Devane wanted her along for the journey, the kind of the final gun battle at the end, but he didn't get his wish. So instead, they abandon her. Abandons her in the hotel because he, I guess he feels that he's putting her in danger a little too much. Things are getting serious. He's getting closer to these horrible pieces of shit. He's like, I want, but I he, don't want you to be in danger. So let me leave you in the middle of nowhere with no way of getting away. He gives her a ton of money though. He puts a, he gives her a big pile of money on the, you know, for her to wake up to. Okay. And then that's the last we see of her. She kind of wakes up and realizes he, he's gone. But he, unfortunately, these bad guys have taken refuge in Tommy Lee Jones's hometown. 
That's a bad mistake. Yeah. Is that El Paso? Yes. And so we have this scene where Wayne Van goes over and enlists his old, you know, POW buddy uh, in his his revenge plot. And it's actually a great scene because you know they're Tommy Lee Jones's family is like talking and chattering. These guys are just sitting at the table, not saying a word. And they excuse themselves to go, you know, get some peace and quiet. And Devane, the first time he says, he says, I found them. And Tommy Lee Jones, like who? The men that killed my son. He finally says it. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Lee Jones smiles. He goes, I'll get my gear. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. And um, he does. And then for some dumb reason, they suit up in their military garb. Well, I think that they feel so disconnected from the world. And they feel connected to that, that those selves, at least. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but they are kind of suiting up for war. So it kind of makes sense that, I guess, in a way that they... I think it helps them a little bit, too, that the Tommy Lee Jones is just dressed as a, sol- a soldier enters a house of ill repute. Right. Because that, again, is the plan. He goes in first to hire a prostitute. Right. And waits for Devane to sneak in and bang on his gun yeah. with his hook hand. It's a weird... He's like, wait for my signal. Yeah, he's like... He's like, wait for a, a rhythmic sound in a whorehouse. <laughs> um, yeah, wait for a sound of banging metal. Yeah, you um, know, it could be me, but with my hook hand and a gun, or it could be just every single bed in here. <laughs> so Tyler Lee Jones enters the. Uh, I think it'd be great if he had like he's like, all right, here's my here's a cue. I have this little like little metal a little electronic device that makes the sound of whores. So, so when I activate this little whore sound, you know, it's time to... Return. Well, I was trying to, for some reason, I was trying to avoid saying the word whorehouse and said the house of ill repute. Is that worse? It feels like that's even worse. It's even more... It's like shaming people. No, house of ill repute is awesome. That's like a... It's more literary. House of prostitution? It's the old penthouse? What the hell? What the hell? How do you say it without being like a... Sound like a douchebag? I think Dave Caruso said it best. What does he say? It's a fuck house. So Tommy Lee Jones enters the fuck house <laughs> and he hires a an American prostitute because he because he's offered a Mexican woman and he, he turns that down and he and the woman says 30 for 30 minutes and Tommy Lee Jones says, I want to rent you, not buy you. I love that line. Love it. Love it. So they they go upstairs and she starts to get undressed and he's he's not there for that. So he's kind of stalling right. and she's confused. And he's like, "Well, I'll give you more money if we if we take longer." Basically, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the signal. I do like that scene, though. I like their their conversation. It's a, it's a nice little moment. Mm-hmm. It it's is. like the movie's like here here's a, him, some humans interacting. Enjoy this. I know you haven't seen it yet. Well, Tommy Lee Jones does look like he he's kind of come back to life a little bit, right. and he's because he's he's been a zombie and all the other yeah, he scenes. He looks like so. he actually came back from the war worse for the wear than Devane did. Actually, yeah, they both are just. And his wife is um, very happy to see him and is very excited and very cute. She's young, obviously younger than him. And um, he's not interested at all. Like he just, he's sulking, mm-hmm. which might've been just the way he was on set period. Yeah. I wonder I they're like directors, like Tommy, Tommy, I need you to be morose. <laughs> was he a Harvard grad he's, by then? I'm sure. Wow. He's like, you know how you were at the catering table earlier today? Just bring that on camera. Yeah. please. You know, Remember when the intern tried to talk to you? Just give me that face. Um, so anyway, then the gunfight rolls out, and pretty br- pretty violent, pretty brutal. Um, 
James Best gets it first. He's like the guy that you've been waiting the whole movie to see die. Yeah. He gets it first. Gets a shotgun blast twice. He, and he's in bed with a woman. And uh, he does not survive this. Uh, yeah. He at least tries to go for his gun, I think. But Devane doesn't let him. Shoots him a lot. Right. And he gets shot a lot. Actually, Devane gets shot, shot twice. Tommy Lee gets shot once. But they are still... They've been tortured, Nick. They've been through worse. Right. Gunshots? Yeah. Fuck it. These guys had their arms behind their backs. They're in their mind remembering the worst time in their life just to kind of get through it. And Tommy Lee Jones remembering being tortured. And William Devane is remembering that time after his family got killed when he was late to the post office. So... um these guys don't, the bad guys don't survive. The last one is Lucas Gu, who he takes the, you know, automatic slim, takes refuge behind a bar. He just gets his life handed away from him. <laughs> but it's a dumb gunfight. Like, there are a lot of shots, like blind shots from down the staircase. Nobody's really hitting anything. No, but um, the heroes kind of are the loot. They're, 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 he's actually better at that gunfight than they are. Well, I'd say math probably is not on your side on this one. Because they he doesn't walk away from the fight and they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you're saying he's better. I mean, I can listen to your argument. Let's hear it. <laughs> walk me through your their process here. How he's the better. His his fight. misses are closer than theirs are. Their hits are way closer than his. So you're saying that his misses count he, more than their hits. He does. He misses closer in that scene. Yeah. yeah. Then he. Yeah, then he dies. Yeah. So then, and then it's interesting. As soon as the guys are dead, as soon as Lucas Q's character is dead, Devane props Tommy Lee Jones up, the wounded Tommy Lee Jones, and they walk out of the this whorehouse um, as the credits are rolling over. Them. Yep, it is the end. Yep, as if they could not wait to end this movie. You know. Well, the funny thing is, is I don't think the movie was, I don't think the movie was cognizant about its place in history because mm-hmm. it wasn't. It kind of helped shape or genre in a, in a, in a way, but no, I, I like it. It's, it's uh, because it does, it takes its sweet time. It's funny because it gets to business pretty quickly. Then right. it takes its sweet time and then it gets to business quickly. San Antone by Den- Denny Brooks playing over the credits. And and even at the beginning, I think we got that, that huge hit that everybody remembers from Denny Brooks, mm. San Antone. You, you have that one on your, ever come up in the iTunes shuffle? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Spotify shuffle. Yeah. I've got the uh, yeah. I've got the music box actually, but it's you know it's a fun little movie. I don't know, but maybe it's not fun. It's a great movie. I really like this movie. I know that Schrader was trying to. He said he was trying to be critical of the Vietnam War, obviously in this, and and he was actually his his character was a lot was like a racist. But I'm saying that his character was a lot less likable. Not to say that Devane's likable, but he's not a he's a man unmoored, right? Like. Uh, you know, it's certainly not a character that you would think is a, a vile racist by any means. But I guess Schrader, that's how he originally wrote this. And, uh, you know, I guess his meaning was lost in the rewrite, his intentions. Solid, though. Solid flick. And then the, the, the during the credits, you see him walking through the graveyard. You can, save, you can save this part. There's an apple tree on the other side. He, so he walks past the graves of his family and gets himself an apple. Nick, he cares that they died. That's the whole point. He does think he's a dead man. He says at one point told Linda that here's the song on the radio. He goes, that's the song. I remember that song from back when I was alive. Yep. He could not spell it out any clearer for an old audience that's us. Yeah. This is a dead man walking. But there's an irony because he lives and his family dies. Does he live? There's an optimism there that he that him and Tommy Lee are great. And they have nothing to answer for when they get back home. Hey, there's a sheriff. There's a, there's a cop that's sort of missing. Last I heard he was looking for you. Oh, well. 
Every, yeah, Cole Cliff. Yeah, everything's fine. You're on a conveyor belt, and uh, you're sitting Indian style, and it takes you through a very unique room, and then you go through an identical room. Every it's one one little feature is different, and then you go through another, and every time you go through it, there's like one feature that's different until finally you arrive in the fucking perfect room and there's a dude there with a whirring motor and he's got the tattoo gun going he's like what will you have from the rolling thunder on you i mean i just get that 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 sweet caddy that he that one Devane the gets gifted in this movie mm-hmm. by the town that sweet ass caddy and i'd have the tattoo artists paint a uh a super grinning like super toothy because you know devane's got a lot of teeth in there mm-hmm. he's got big teeth mm-hmm. Wind blown, like his hair blown, just, just cruising in that caddy. Better times, and, like a sign. And then the, yeah. just happy as can be in the passenger side, you know, strapped in the seatbelt is a huge human sized mounds candy bar. <laughs> just gunning that engine, riding with his, with that sweetness, you know, off into the sun. Right. Zooming, you know, little arm candy, Nick. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's showing it, it it is in the third it's got a nice baby bump. Do you think that whenever um <laughs> do you think when Army Hammer looked at looked at uh, someone he was attracted to, they kind of took the form of the shape of a life size mounds bar? <laughs> anyway, he didn't have a taste for candy. He wanted to eat flesh. Yeah, I think I think more it's more like he's at the movie theater and there's the concession stand and he, and, and the mounds bar looks like a, a little girl in a outfit <laughs> what? <laughs> what he's gonna do now i'm worried about army hammer what's he gonna go into now i, I hope he's okay I just uh... <laughs> what are what he's what he's gonna do now you know what's he gonna what what what's that what after you get so canceled because you're a can of cannibal or you want to be want to be cannibal what do you do what's your what's your second act lift driver I think I think the, the only the only saving grace is there are lots of pockets of America filled with people that haven't seen his movies. Yeah. So maybe he'll be all right. He'll maybe change his name to like you know Sturgeon or something, and he'll be fine. So I'm just gonna get. Um, I don't want to make this crass. So I'll put it you know where my on my neck where that big old artery is, and I'm just gonna have it say William on it and see if people. See, yeah. see, see if people figure it out. William DeBain. Yeah, see if they figure it out. That's awesome. I forgot to tell you where I had placed this, my tattoo, because I didn't say, I just put it on top of my left foot. That's where that would go. Okay. Just FYI. Because okay. it hurts to get a tattoo on your foot. It just, it's a very bony area. It would really hurt, and that would make me remember right? kind of the, the, the torture scenes in this. Yeah. You know, similar, similar yeah. experience that we'd be going through. And then if somebody if somebody's like, I don't understand why it says William on your neck, then I'll t- then I'll take my pants off and show them. It's like I got one here too. <laughs> um, all right, so you've been given the financing to perform a sequel to Rolling Thunder. Yeah. What shape does the story take you? I got a foolproof one. You got a foolproof sequel. Yeah. So his wife and kids' ghosts are uh, like just traveling through the you know the, the tomorrow and the ghosts of the four killers show up and kill the ghosts. Okay. And William Devane is notified of this through some sort of a dream or a fever moment or whatever. So he has to kill himself to okay. become a ghost to go fight the yep. killing ghosts. But he doesn't want to go alone. So he goes to Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, like, Tommy Jones got his life together. 
It's mm-hmm. like, I'm happy now. And William Devane says, but I'm going to kill you because I need your ghost to come kill with me. And he's like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Kills Tommy Lee Jones. <clears throat> so now you got two bickering ghosts. It's like a buddy ghost movie going to kill the ghost that killed the ghosts. I, I think it's, a, it's an incredible idea. Plus, they wouldn't even have to kill themselves because they are ghosts, Nick. That's where you're wrong. They don't. You, they're just already dead. Shit. Well, they're double. They're double dead. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. <laughs> Double Dead. Yeah. Well, mine is okay. So my sequel is it's confu- a confusing start. It starts on a a body of water with some ripples, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What? I don't, what the? It's a sequel to Rolling Thunder. What the hell? You know what's going on? I mean, where's the vein? For God's sake, right? Where's Where's Linda? Where's Tommy Lee Jones? And you're kind of like, am I in the right theater? You kind of go up to the guy. You like you run out to talk to the you're like what is this i'm or you look at the marquee you're like i guess this is it sit back down you see this rippling water then you hear this watery scream and this water form watery form says but the bubbling voice says my son and wife oh god they are bubbly and it's the water that him and linda <laughs> shot into and in rolling thunder him the man went, and he killed this water spirit <laughs> these water spirits, like a sprite like a sprite and he killed at least a whatever it is, a water ghost. I don't know what this thing is. It does this is the thing about this movie, it's incredible. They don't even t- they don't even explain it. Yeah. Just this watery body of yeah. something. And then you see the water get angry. <laughs> and how they do it, they do these eye, those angry eyebrows on right. it. And uh, he pursues William Devane and Linda uh with bullets that will drown people. Like when he shoots them, actually drowns it doesn't shoot, you know, he it does shoot a water gun. Mm-hmm. It just drowns his victims, and so he's the hero now. And the vein is this. That's the twist. That's my twist here. The, the vein's the villain. Yeah, I mean, I can go on. So I, I was hoping you were going to say when he shoots the water, it makes that frowny thing, and then it turns yellow, and it's pissed. I mean, I'm t- I'm still workshopping it. You know, I can take ideas, but you know, it's important to get the voice right with the bubbles. Yeah. Hey, look, you're in the movie. You're, you're mm-hmm. you, you you've been inserted to Rolling Thunder. What shape does your performance take? I work for the uh, American consulate in Mexico. Been slow, not a lot going on. I'm thrilled. A little ticker tape thing tells me that Tommy Lee Jones or that uh, Villain Devane and his girl just showed up in Mexico. And I'm like shitting myself. It's like, is that, that hook hand just showed up in, in, my, in Mexico? Got a clock in and I'm just sweating it. I'm just waiting for, waiting for it all. And I'm just in my office, like pacing around like an asshole, knowing that shit's going to go down. And I'm just a bureaucrat. I'm just furious. Don't speak. Don't speak Spanish. I don't like it. The cat. You know, it's a short scene. You know, my character isn't an integral part of the film. But then I get a huge Montezuma's revenge, and I'm just wailing on the old. I'm like, your characters are always always having bathroom problems. They, 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 it's the the, the 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 climax of the film. They they show, and I've got a, a, a plumber installing this massive set of industrial strength, like pistol grips for me to hang on to the toilet <laughs> okay did you know that tommy lee by the way he was so arrogant on the set of the fugitive and just walking around like he's king shit because he he'd been there done that with this movie he already around a one-armed man you know what i'm saying like he director tried to direct him yeah he's like i know i got it did you see rolling thunder yeah i was in those scenes i know how to handle I know how to walk around a person that has one arm. Just a cold, arrogant piece of shit on the set of The Fugitive because of Rolling Thunder. Got a nomination. He did. 
But he, I mean, obviously, he, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have to do much work. He already had experience with right. it. Um, by the way, another thing is that we didn't talk about is that Tommy Lee Jones, his house is directly across the road from a, the Yucca Putty Market. I did not catch that. I looked it up to see if they were still in business. I could not find them. I wonder what they wonder what they did back with putty markets. Did they sell putty? You think it was like a whole silly putty store? No. Because that's what my character I, I think it's more for the El Paso style. Like they have the, the very the very a very uh Well that's how I get you. I'd be like my character's like that's how I draw you in. That's what you think it would be, like a stucco type thing. I'd walk you'd walk in and just be a whole wall, walls and walls of different kinds of silly putty. They only make one kind now. Mm-hmm. So just be wall and walls of the same silly putty, single packs of silly putty. It's the only product with the word silly in the title. Oh, silly string. Yeah, that's true. Because I think that's such a great, you add the word silly to nearly anything and it works. There's got to be some more than that. Yeah. We should yeah. We should go into business together. Open up Silly's Tombstones. Still, and our cat, our catch would be we'd make yeah we'd make are they it always have a little laugh line on them yeah like silly's tell us about tell us about your beloved family member that passed away and we'll think of a funny a gag to put like, on their head yeah, like a zinger yeah like silly's yeah. casket shop you know like here lies uh, Uncle Johnson because he'd never done tell the truth you know what I'm saying because he lied. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Or like, or, or like recent peace. You know what I'm saying? Because he had a yeah. sweet tooth right till the end. Died of diabetes. Recent peace, boy. R.I.P. I have like a big old button that people would press, and like a car horn would go off, and people were confused. But it's because the, you know, your uncle died of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> well, so, you know, they're going, they're going to a better place. You know, hard not to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine worse. Yeah. All right. So what so that yeah, my character would be in charge that that's who I'd be. I'd be an important element to the store. I'd be I'd be you'd see me in the window looking out. I because my store is open twenty four hours a day. Okay. And so when those guys leave in the dark, I, I'm looking out the window thinking, What's going on out there? Nice. Why are these soldiers leaving? You know. After the credits, there's a treat, a little surprise, a little stinger. Mm-hmm. What happens the post the post credits? Yeah. I'm a re. Uh, there's a there's a Remax agent, mm-hmm. Remax agent showing that his old house to a new family, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Let's see, everything looks good. Everything looks good here." Um, there's chalk outlines and blood spattered spots of his wife and kid. They're like, mm, "I'm gonna knock a, a grand off the uh, offer, buddy." And then and then he he looks in the sink. He's like, "Yeesh, gross." There's there's a like William Defane's fist in here. Knocking another grand off, and then then the last shot is a real estate agent doing jumping the air and clicking his heels because he made the sale. He only lost two grand. It's like I thought those body outlines and blood stains were going to be a deal breaker for this reverend and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Nope, everything's fine. Well, I mean, the post credit scene is just going to be confusing to some people, but I think people would get it. Tom Hanks stands at a crossroads. A super hot comes out <laughs> in a truck. Remember, she had a truck with wings. She had the wings yeah. on the back of the truck. So you can match it to the package. And he looks at the the. It looks at the, the package, and it's addressed to Tuesday Weld. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> you, you've right. been given the financing to have your own Rolling Thunder related product store. There's too many of these. <laughs> I can't think of one good one. <laughs> well, the studio thought this was going to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Huge. So they got with the Milton Bradley folks and said, all right, let's do a let's do an alternate board game. So what they did was they basically took the game of life and they reskinned it for Rolling Thunder. Oh, Army Hammer would be happy. <laughs> and it's the same exact game, except um, the wife and child, uh, they're translucent. The the pegs, the pegs. <laughs> <laughs> And the car has a, a trunk full of webs. Translucent. <laughs> 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 Might have to retitle it as well. <laughs> well, mine's going to be a kind of a success. Do you ever? Do you ever get those? You heard those uh, Cliff Bars? I love them. The crunchy peanut butters, <laughs> baby. And they're like uh, nat- all natural. So it would be Cliff Bar. And just have a picture of Cliff from this movie on the packaging. And people would be like confused because they don't they don't recognize this. They don't really know this movie. Right. So what's the explanation? Why? That's a little in-joke, a little wink of that scene when William Devane kicks Cliff out of the garage. Cliff Bard <laughs> from the garage. little yeah wig by the makers of cliff bar yeah. and i think you know maybe flying off the shelves <laughs> who's this who's this who's this rando on my nature bar <laughs> <laughs> william devane going nuts in his condo yeah. i was the star of that fucking movie. yeah and the tagline is the only nutrient bar that'll tie up in the garage <laughs> All right, so uh, look, not unlike Tom Hanks, you're on an island floating at sea for so long, and uh, you've collected all these debris from films, and uh, you got to saunter up with your Rolling Thunder, ma'am. <laughs> By the way, there was, I meant to bring this up to you earlier, there's some cigars in this movie. Yeah, there are. There's yeah. A, Tommy Lee Jones' dad was smoking a cigar and his brother-in-law asked for one mm-hmm. or something. It made me happy. <laughs> Love seeing it. Getting, getting information, you know, the make and model. That, that was in an era before people gave a shit what they were smoking. Give me a Zoom. Give me a cigar. Unbanded. Probably a, probably a, a, a Cuban round. Anyway. God damn it. All right. What do you bring on this island? There's so many. Hey, you have to give me a moment. There's so much to take. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm on an island, Nick. I'm desperate. I'm sad. I remember my life before this. Like I just, it's just a. I need any kind of comfort. So I, I take those NFL sheets. You know, the, I remember from my own youth, mm-hmm. and that's what I would take. Swaddle yourself in them, like in on the island when it gets cold. Yeah, I can sleep on them, or just make them into some kind of flag. Either that or the hook hand. I'm still deciding. <laughs> I, I've got uh, the jawbones <laughs> of his wife and kid. Well, it might be creepier that I took the kid's sheets. After <laughs> I, I've got just the skeletal jawbones of the wife and child. 
and uh, I, I put them in a bag and I liked the way they rattled together. Like it's like the sound of the two jaws, like hitting each other in the night. I wish I could say the answer was surprising. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I figured that's what it would be. Yep. In fact, I was told my wife earlier, if Nick doesn't take the wife and child's jawbones to this movie, <laughs> Island and put them in a bag so they rattle around. I'll be goddamn. <laughs> Friends stand, buddy, when you will. The star only take you so far. Last man, are we? Are we?